0: Welcome to the Skiff podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trendlines. I'm Kat Townsend. In 2014, London & Partners, in partnership with The Trampery, opened what would soon become a global hub for innovation in travel, tourism, and hospitality, the Travel Tech Lab. Three years later, we're taking a deeper look at London's first incubator space, focusing exclusively on the travel and technology industry. Full disclosure, this podcast was produced by SkiftX in collaboration with London and Partners. Joining us via Skype are some of the folks from London and Partners and the Trampery. Greg Oates will be moderating the conversation.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Greg Oates, executive editor of the Skift Brand Strategy Group. I'm excited to be talking to everyone today at London and Partners, but first could um, each of you just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you do.
2: Hi, uh, my name is Danielle Sheeran. I'm the Innovation Relationship Manager at London and Partners. um, And I work directly with the Trampery in running the Travel Tech Lab.
3: Hi, I'm Louise Wilkes, Insight Manager at London and Partners. And my role is very research and insights
0: led in all all things related to London and travel. And hi, I'm Katie Hegarty. I'm the incubator program manager, and I manage all the startups relationships and help facilitate those.
1: This is an awesome group of people. I'm excited to get into this. So let's start. So what exactly is the Travel Tech Lab?
2: So the Travel Tech Lab is the UK's first and only travel innovation hub. It houses a growing community of early stage technology startups who are really changing the sector and how we can travel. So we aim to foster innovation, collaboration, and really bring together travel technology startups with major corporates, and most importantly, to break down the barriers that can exist in them working together. So we have an amazing workspace, which is actually on site in the London and Partners office, which is so key for the startups coming through so they can actually integrate in, into London and Partners and what they offer. Um, we offer a business and professional support program and um, brokered relationships with over 400 world-leading travel and tourism businesses. Um, the lab is actually a partnership between ourselves, London and Partners, uh, the Mayor's Official Promotional Agency for London, and the Trampery, specialists in innovative spaces to drive creativity and entrepreneurship.
1: So this is such a unique collaboration between London and Partners and the Trampery and all the startup community in London. We haven't seen this in many other destinations. How did this actually come to be?
2: Sure. So um, at the time of creation, there was actually no hub that existed in the UK which focused solely on travel technology But of course, there were these emerging um, travel technologies such as Airbnb, Uber, Skyscanner, who were really changing um, the way that we can travel. And actually, simultaneously, the the tourists were changing what they wanted um, and how they wanted to travel. So both of these shifts were creating a huge industry change. And we really thought there needed to be a home for travel technology. And through that, we thought we would build the Travel Tech Lab. And our main vision was to bring together the entire ecosystem. So this is from innovator to investor to um, industry and really demonstrate how both the startups could grow and the industry could kind of keep up with these changes in an ever-changing sector. So just going a little bit into exactly how the Travel Tech Lab came to be. In terms of travel, um, London Partners is um, the official promotional agency for London. So we're actually the official tourism board for London. We have a remit to promote London as the best place on earth um, to visit. So we have brilliant relationships with um, corporates in the travel sector, um, that were actually the travel, tourism and hospitality sector. Um, But likewise, we run visitlondon.com, which is the site where Tourists come to plan and book their trip. So we have over 30 million users um, a year. So from that side, we really, really understand um, tourist behavior from from how they move about to what they want to do and how that's really been changing recently.
1: Um, But could you just expand a little bit about what the trampery does and how instrumental it's been to the growth of technology in London?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, London Partners was able to really provide the travel tech startups with that home base for the businesses, obviously with the gorgeous facilities here and the access to market through their extensive network of hundreds of travel and tourism businesses. But for the lab really to succeed, there also needed to be a really strong sense of community and bespoke business and professional support to foster that innovation among our travel tech startups. And so this is where the Trampery role really comes in. Uh, Trampery has a reputation for being thought leaders in creating innovative spaces that drive creativity and entrepreneurship. And the Trampery originally drove the redesign of the gorgeous office space that we see here at London and Partners and the development of that bespoke business and professional support program tailored to the individual needs of our members, but also our wider community The Trampery has actually eight other sites um, across London that are sector-specific, Travel Tech being one of them, and they really do provide a platform for uh, entrepreneurs to thrive. They provide a platform for people and entrepreneurs and members to share their ideas, make more meaningful connections, and think in the long term. Um, our members are able to really connect to that growing travel tech ecosystem. So it's not just this immediate member membership base, but a wider net uh, ecosystem of around 900 travel tech startups. And the Trampery was really instrumental into creating that community and the ecosystem because that's where they really thrive.
2: Yeah. And, and just to add to Katie's point, and I think this is why it was such a perfect um, partnership because London and Partners comes really from more of that, that business side, um, whether it's about us bringing overseas technology companies into London to help them grow and scale, or whether it's the programs that we run in London to really support and showcase our, our tech talent. Um, but really, there's that really important bit around being part of a community, and that's really where the Trumpery came in.
1: Why is travel today so open to disruption for a lot of these um, tech companies?
2: Yeah, of course. So I think it's it's two-sided. It's around how... The travelers' habits and their motivations have really shifted. Um, travelers, and I say travelers because they no longer are thought of as tourists. That they, they want authentic experiences. They want to live like a local, and they also want to be able to book, plan, experience their trip almost instantly. Um, so that traveler habits changing was really key to a shift in the industry, and and likewise, um, technology was enabling this. So as as I mentioned before, that the emergence of um, companies like Uber, Airbnb, and Skyscanner were actually allowing um, the travelers' shift in in habits to actually be realised, um, and it was this really unique timing, um, which was almost like a tipping point in the industry, which allowed that disruption to happen, um, and that's why there's been so uh, such a growing number of travel technology startups.
0: I also think that it's a perfect environment for. T- technology and startups to really transform the space, when you have all these new actors entering in this new realm and this new environment, um, you're giving opportunity you know, for the alternative uh, Airbnbs, as, as Danielle has already said, to actually provide a service that's not stereotypically what we've seen in the travel industry for the last 25 years. And so there's all these new actors that are entering into this space, and there's a, we're giving them a platform. Specifically, the Travel Tech Lab has given them a foundation in that home where they're able to actually collaborate with one another. So it, it almost accelerates their growth faster than what would be at a you know traditional workspace or you know 15 years ago as a, a struggling startup. So I think it's completely transformed, and it's the consumers' behaviors that have really help to shape that. Um, with the millennials really looking towards uh, you know their their phone is their most uh, valuable uh, travel accessory nowadays. That it, it's really the the trend of travel technology is really shaped by that demand.
1: One thing that seems interesting in London is that London and Partners, beyond what a lot of other convention visitor bureaus are doing, is it's really well connected with the local tech community. Could you talk a little bit about how London and Partners has really worked diligently to integrate itself into the whole tech ecosystem in the city?
2: Absolutely. Um I actually see London and Partners doing this in two ways. So one, we we add to the existing tech community. So through our foreign direct investment team, um, we work all across um, the world bringing overseas technology companies to London, um, helping them navigate when they get here so that they can effectively grow and scale. Um, and I really think that navigation point is key. London is a big city. So as we're almost um, conduits to them being able to find their own way and, and carry on with, with what, they're, what, what they're doing. Um, on the flip side, we support um, the existing tech community. And this is in through a number of ways. And, and a couple of examples, um, we created something called the VC Club. Um, That was all about building connections between um, our tech clients um, and London's leading investors. You know, it's a simple platform that brings together top VCs, angels, crowdfunding sources and corporate venture capitalists. And it really allows our our tech clients to be able to um, make it more easy to um, connect with them. Um, But we also have a couple of programmes as well, such as the Mayor's International Business Programme. And that helps support London scale-ups to trade overseas and, and kind of take their business to the next level. But it's not just about supporting the existing tech community. It's not just about adding to it. It's also about showcasing and celebrating it. And I think this is really important for startups. Um, it's the celebration side. So we actually started something called London Tech Week in 2014. Um, it started small, um, but it's, it was kind of a week of face-to-face events. Um, you know, a few year, just a few years on, uh, this year in 2017, we had our biggest yet. We had 50,000 delegates come, um, a lot of them international. We we hosted 300 events across the week, covering all different verticals of technology. And it's all about bringing the tech sector together, uh, the entire ecosystem, for them to connect, for them to grow, uh, for them to showcase and for them to celebrate. And I really think by the programs that we have developed, um, the, the weeks that we brought together um, and how we bring technology companies from overseas to London, um, we've kind of become that that epicenter of the tech ecosystem, um, and that's really enabled us to embed ourselves um, and almost be the signpost for where to go when when you come to London.
1: So so why is that in London versus other European capitals because it seems now today in 2017 that London is the the tech capital of Europe but like you said London Tech Week is only a few years old and you know a decade ago or even 5 years ago people just didn't attribute London and tech so naturally so you know what has happened in terms of either political will or or the local community to help grow this so substantially and make events like London Tech Week, you know, just this platform for so many other companies and events and um, people to come together a- and drive this forward.
2: Absolutely agree, you know, we are probably Europe's, uh, I think we're the largest startup ecosystem in Europe and i think a lot of that is around it's not just that we have a platform for tech startups um it's also all the important pillars that a tech startup needs so they need investment and we have a fantastic amount of of investors whether it be vcs angels you know more emerging uh, crowdfunding sources um talent that is so important for um tech startups um and we have some of the best universities in the world on our doorstep we have students that just want to learn and work. And interestingly, although this is not so much to do with travel technology, a lot of students now, they don't want to go and work for the massive corporates. They almost want an experience when they leave university to work. So increasingly a lot are actually looking for the kind of experiences that a uh, a technology startup can offer. Um, And I think talent and investment are are two really important things. And because we have such good infrastructure around both of them, that really lends to having a much greater um, ability
0: to grow that ecosystem. I mean, when you apply that to technology, uh, travel technology in particular, why London really is it's the second most visited city in the world. I mean, it's synonymous with travel. Uh, further, it's one of the leading technology hubs with an estimated ecosystem value of $44 billion. I mean, that is just a massive amount. London is the largest you know, startup ecosystem in Europe. And I think a lot of that goes back to what Danielle was saying with investment being here, the talent being here, there's ready resources and it's available. There's also um, the top 500, Fortune 500 companies are based here. So it's just, you have this really unique space, um, an ecosystem, a community of entrepreneurs, community of investors that are really active in the community. They want to be engaged. They want to be on on point on trends. Um, And it makes sense for travel technology, specifically being that London is the second most visited city in the world.
2: Um, I was just going to say also for um, a technology um, startup, whether it's at early stage or, or at full scale, it's also a really important um, where they live, that they can also enjoy life outside um, of their work. And actually London offers so much in terms of um, lifestyle and tourism that that is really a third element to, to what, what what London can offer.
1: Well, speaking about that, it was interesting first when you said that talent is looking for an experience in terms of their work environment and then just talking about how um, London has evolved or how it combines such a great lifestyle and professional Um, combination and I just I'm amazed in what's happening in Shoreditch around the Silicon roundabout how this community is sort of connected the east and west sides of London and it's become its own sort of tourism attraction in its own right while at the same time it's just exploded as this hub of innovation right yeah absolutely
0: absolutely but you you get really interesting little enclaves all over the city of, of hubs of innovations. It's not just in shortage. You'll see in East London as, as it moves further, further east. There's little tiny enclaves of creative and digital arts um, industries, Fintech and you know East Croydon. So you have all of these areas that really um, are flexible for the startup mentality. Um, it's not just you know shortage. it's All across London. It is so embedded in our culture. It is so embedded in our system here that it's almost exciting to see that it's thriving. Um, And that's, I think, a lot of the passion behind it. You get a lot of creative entrepreneurs here that are really motivated and, and they're pushing the boundaries and they have the resources and the foundation to actually allow them to succeed absolutely what katie said we have
2: these kind of unique little enclaves all across london but the great thing about london is because we're so well connected and the infrastructure is is so there for the startups you actually see some really interesting convergence across london Um, and we actually did did a piece around this around um, in last year's london tech week about how actually all the different verticals of technology can converge and i find that really interesting Um, technically in our travel tech lab we have an insure tech company, but they operate in the travel sector. Um, we have a fintech company, but they operate in the travel sector. We have and a prop th- tech. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just really interesting how the different verticals converge and actually what they can learn from each other, I just think builds a much stronger ecosystem.
1: So that speaks to the value of London, just in terms of scale, because as you say, Convergence is really the new innovation—the the combining innovation on top of innovation. So when you look at how connectivity is everything today, that brings in um, everything in terms of AI and robotics and smart cities and smart cars and smart houses. And having so many players in one place is one place really sort of is a catalyst for this convergence. I would think mm, definitely. Um, so let's just talk a little bit more about the role of London and Partners.
2: So, um, in terms of London & Partners, our role is really based on our strengths and, w- and what we can offer to the community. So, firstly, we um, did a massive refit of our office and we became the natural home of the Travel Tech Lab. Um, so, as I said, it's actually on-site in our offices and that's a huge benefit to the startups coming through because they can also um, collaborate with the staff at LMP. Um, Secondly, um, it's all about access to market. So, for startups, getting that first big deal with a corporate or even a trial with a corporate or pe- potentially a Mentor at corporate, being able to access market is really important, um, and and we really pride ourselves on on our relationships with the large corporates in the travel sector, and how actually we've become that middle middle place where we can bridge the gap between corporate and startup, and not only do those introductions but also guide when we've done those introductions because startup and corporates work so differently that it's almost like you need a translator in the middle so that they can actually work together effectively, and um, lastly. We provide a platform. Um, so London & Partners has got a fantastic reputation, both within London and internationally. And um, so we'll really be able to, we're really able to provide a platform and visibility for, for our community as they grow and scale.
1: So let's talk a little bit more about the Trampery, because anytime you have these innovation ecosystems and innovation districts, it can be sort of behind the scene. Um, but some, a place like the Trampery is really a front door to the local tech community. And they've just done such a great job of providing spaces for everyone to come together both locally and for visitors right
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, even in the Travel Tech Lab alone, we have so many international uh, members, 11 countries represented in our membership base. Um, And that specifically speaks to the Trampery's role in the Travel Tech Lab, um, which I know very well since I am the program manager. Um, But it's building that strong sense of community. And I think it's really important. It's a crucial component to any workspace you're going to see across London or across the world. um, Building a community of entrepreneurs is really, really important. It's it's building that network so they're able to tap into those resources. But what I think the Trampery does extremely well is that they're able to provide these vertical spaces so they can actually harness a lot of the connections and the networks that they already have existing um, and tap into those. So it's it's not reinventing the wheel. It's creating a space that is allowed for entrepreneurs to really thrive because we already have those uh, pre-existing foundations in place. And having a solid understanding of how a com- community develops and how creative work, Um, I think, is really an important part because, as Danielle said, corporates and startups work very different. Uh, They work so differently. And so you need to have a space where you can allow for creativity and entrepreneurship to thrive. And I think creating the spaces that Trampery does do, um, they have designed uh, such a unique, uh, every site is so unique to the needs of the community.
1: We've come at the Travel Tech Lab from a lot of different ways, um, looking at the sort of the macro factors driving the success of the lab, but could we boil this down to sort of three or four guiding principles um, of what the Travel Tech Lab is trying to achieve?
0: um, Yeah, of course. First, uh, to provide tools and resources to support our startups to to grow and scale. Um, Second, to provide the right environment for which startups can thrive. Um, to bridge the gap between startups and corporates so they can effectively partner and benefit from one another. And finally, to really build that global community comprising of travel tech startups, corporates and investors.
1: So what is the role of some of the partners of the Travel Tech Lab and how has this evolved to be a mutually beneficial arrangement?
2: Yeah, so the lab's partners are so crucial to what we do um, and, and how we achieve our vision. Um there are actually companies and large corporates in the travel sector that are really committed to innovating um, because they know that, that in, an, in an ever-changing sector, they're going to have to evolve. Um, and they really appreciate that working with innovators and startups are going to bring a fresh perspective to their business. Um, and that might be around how they
0: approach internal challenges um,
2: or client challenges.
0: But they also really want to support that next generation of businesses who potentially go on to shape and take the leading role in the industry. So I think this is a, the basis for the mutually beneficial partnership between mm-hmm. startups and corporates in the lab. Yeah. And actually, at the outset of any partnership, and I'll give you a few examples, actually. um, You
2: know, Katie and myself, we went really closely with the partners because we want to understand where they are and where they want to be. But also, as Katie said, we want to understand what they can give back. Um, So a couple of examples. uh, We actually partnered with MasterCard last year, um, and they really wanted to understand how they could use their data more effectively and and through this um, develop new travel products um, as a way to engage more with their customers. Um, But they particularly wanted to work with very early stage ideas. um, So they came to us and and we proposed a a two-day hackathon. And um, both MasterCard, BA and TFL shared their data for 72 hours only to about 80 techies. So there was um, 10 teams and just 72 hours after those groups had been formed, 10 ideas were pitched to a very high profile judging panel. Um, And the winner was pretty incredible. Um, They called themselves fly They had literally met 72 hours before. Um, and they aimed uh, that their main business was to aim to help individuals purchase flights in affordable fixed monthly installments. And, you know, what I loved is that the idea just came from a frustration from the founder who desperately wanted to travel to Australia five years previous, but couldn't because he didn't have the money up front. Um, as you can imagine, Mastercard were really interested in this idea, as would BA in particular. Um, So for MasterCard, they were able to get a brand fresh new idea that they could develop um, and hopefully bring to market. But for Fly2, they got investment from MasterCard, um, support from BA, Uh, they became a lab member. And actually, just eight months on, they've gone on to win um, the prestigious Travel Tech Europe Awards. Um, And they've actually raised further investment. And for me, that's a really good example of how um, both startup and and corporate can really benefit from working together. Um, Another example, um, the Collinson Group, um, they were actually seeking to engage with startups a little bit further down that entrepreneurial journey. So rather than idea stage, more kind of a bit more developed. Um, So the Collinson Group, if you know them, they're leaders in um, consumer travel behavior. And I was really excited to start working with them because they actually have innovation at their core. They brought priority paths to market. So, you know, they are innovative. And they came to us with a really interesting challenge. Um, They know that airlines have have benefited from so much investment um, and they've become much more innovative. But the airport experience hasn't really changed um, in the last kind of two decades. Um, So they came to us with this challenge. Um, They said that, you know, they wanted us to create a a kind of sub-community of innovations that are disrupting that airport experience. And in return, They would look to um, build relationships with the founders of these startups, Um, they'd really try and help them uh, bring some to market where where appropriate. So we kind of worked with them, created this sub-community, and it all culminated in a fantastic pitch night um, where five of the top innovators working in this area were able to pitch to a room full of potential clients, potential investors, and and their own peers. And that is such an amazing opportunity for a startup at, at the beginning of their journey to be able to be in a room with those people showcasing what they're doing
1: so it's amazing that all of these opportunities are coming together but what have been some of the results of these partnerships that have emerged as a result of the travel tech lab and maybe speaking specifically to those examples that you just gave
0: of course Uh, well we provide a really diverse range of opportunities for partnerships to really flourish within our community it's an in um for example as Collinson Group did the pitch night. We had a brilliant member who pitched uh, 15th Degrees, and she's a, uh, they're a health travel startup helping frequent flyers maintain peak health performance while traveling. And we've seen an increased number of travel tech-focused companies come through the lab, but also come through the industry. And specifically, the 15th Degree really tackled um, some of the physiological effects of frequent travelers. And I think that really culminated with what Collinson Group was looking for, for a disruptor. It was something that They're poised to really um, transform the space and the airport experience. And so when we did a call originally for the pitches, we opened it up to our wider net community of 900 entrepreneurs and startups that would potentially have an idea that could disrupt the space. Um, And, you know, obviously, because we have such transformative uh, members within the lab, one of our members was selected for the finalist and ended up going on to win. And um, that that recent pitch competition within Collins group really was looking for those innovative solutions. And, you know, obviously the member of the 15th degree was a clear winner and in winning and winning and doing so, they were able to really, um, provide that direct line of support to Collins and Group who whose feedback guidance, global client base will undoubtedly go to change and transform 15th degree um, in their business as they move forward. And it gives them such an opportunity. So that startup, specifically 15th degree, really had the opportunity to pitch their idea and products and services to those potential customers, but also they had access to investors, access to media and industry leaders. And I think that is just one of the, one of the areas that you can see transformed and when you partner with corporates and startups and giving them that, uh, that platform to engage and communicate with one another, you're kind of breaking down those barriers and streamlining it so that there is that opportunity for, for the collaboration to form.
1: Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the IBS direct relationship now going back to that?
0: Sure, so um,
2: IBS software services, um, they provide software solutions to the whole travel industry. Um, And that bit's really important because in terms of what they could give back, it was potential introductions, not just to themselves internally, they're a fantastic global business, but also to their clients. Um, So they were really committed to supporting our startups to kind of scale with relevance. Um, But for IBS, what they wanted to understand was what was new and emerging in the travel technology sector they didn't really have any first-hand experience of where to go to find startups working in their sector and also how to engage with them. So they actually, um, rather than us creating sub-communities for them, they actually want to meet all of our members across this year, which is by no means a small feat, given that we have, you know, 72 members that have gone through the lab. Um, But they just really want to understand what is new in the sector and actually how it could change their own company, but also um, kind of introduce that that new technology to their clients so how it could really add value to them as well
1: so there's this sort of communication it sounds like back and forth between the corporate side and the startup side and each one is trying to understand what the other one is looking for and asking for and what the other side can provide um, which is sort of you know a unique catalyst between the two it sounds like where you know you're not always sure where travel tech is going within different aspects of travel but both sides are working together to determine those solutions or with the solutions that are needed
0: yeah
2: so this isn't you know just about how our lab partners can can work with the startups it's also about the platform that we are providing for these startups allows so many other um, travel corporates to really engage with our startups um, and there's some great
0: examples and then katie will tell you about one um, Yeah, I mean, whether it's inviting members to our London and Partners partner networking sessions, facilitating the one-to-one relationships between the startups and corporates, or inviting members to pitch at an event, we aim for those meaningful connections between corporates and startups. Um, And we have some really fantastic partnerships that have formed from that. Um, A really great example is from 2015. We introduced one of our members, Butterfly, to London and Partners Partners Edwardian Hotel Groups. And Edwardian was really looking for innovative ways to communicate and engage with their guests. Um, while our member, Butterfly, aims to bring the air traveler air travelers together in real time and real life. And acting as that digital business lounge, Butterfly was designed to really connect those frequent travelers. And you know when we saw this opportunity for uh, one of our members to pitch at this London and Partners Partners event, we knew immediately that it was a perfect opportunity for Butterfly, uh, seeing that there's a potential for the two parties to connect. And Butterfly was given the opportunity to present at that event. Um, And it presented their unique and very clever intervention, um, which had actually solved some of the challenges Edwardian was facing. And in result, the two partnered and began a pilot to test the impact of that innovation, which now the hotel chain reaches Butterfly's frequent fire community with targeted hotel offers. But also Butterfly gets to inform their travelers of special discounts at Edwardian Airport hotels in case of delays and and canceled flights, which adds that element of personalization, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is on trend at the moment. Absolutely, and and just to kind of echo that, it
2: it's not just about the partners that we work with.
0: It's also London and Partners
2: itself, which I know I've already said is a really unique opportunity for the startups when they come in to be able to be integrated into LMP. And I, I'll just give one more example. Um, it's actually um uh, one of our startups called Curiosity, who's actually now an alumni. They scaled significantly when they were with us. They came as two employees and they left as around twelve. Um, They're one of our alumni, they're still really connected into the ecosystem, and they now give back to those early stage startups. Um, They provide highly curated private tours in cities all around the world, Um, and that can be for a first time visitor or a local who wants to see a new side to their city. Um, And that's been a really interesting trend that we've seen coming through the lab. is a lot more um, technology startups um, focusing on the tour sector. Um, And London Partners has our own flagship Fans of London campaign and that's a marketing activity which is aimed to maintain London's international competitiveness Um, and we were bringing over this high profile PR agency group um, to showcase London and to show them around London and there was no better fit to to partner with Curiosity, who just created the most amazing immersive experiences as these PR agencies went around London. Um, So for the PR agencies, they they went back home just seeing so much of London in such a unique light. And for Turiosity, what an amazing case study. And they've gone on um, using this as an example when they're approaching corporates. So that's really been fantastic.
1: Okay, so there's all this happening sort of on the corporate and startup and industry side within um, the whole london tech ecosystem but now looking at this from the end user how is a lot of this starting to impact the visitor experience in london
2: absolutely um the innovations that are coming out of our lab are really easing All aspects of the visitor experience. And actually, just to go back to some Google um, research um, in 2011, when they they laid out those five major stages of travel so the dreaming, planning, booking, experience, and sharing um, it's so amazing to see how our startups touch on all of those main stages. Um, And and obviously, for London and Partners, we are so keen to see how um, the visitor experience is being eased because. You know, we want to be able to promote London as the best place on earth to visit, and so the innovations coming out of here really, really add to our story. And um, so, just as an example, if I kind of go through those five stages and just give it maybe an example per one. So, as an example, like at the dreaming stage, so when those when those potential travellers are really looking for inspiration and they're going through blogs and reviews and and, and predominantly suggestions from definitely trusted sources. Um, we have one member called um, Spinning Globe and they've created this really cool travel search engine and it's all about inspiring travellers. You can't actually book on their site um, and it's really about helping them to discover new travel experiences. Um, and I think that really lends to the trend that I kind of mentioned before around how um, individuals are desiring those authentic and alternative experiences. It's not just about a holiday anymore, it's about an experience that stays with them You know, when they come back and really for the rest of life. Um, so Spinning Globe, aims to encompass every country uh, region and city it goes from popular places to things to discover such as the hidden gems or traveling off the beaten track but
0: it's really that hub for um, inspiration and i think really closely linked to that dreaming stage is the planning stage where individuals become a potential traveler with 85 percent of leisure travelers considering the internet internet as a main source potential travelers can experience a paralysis of choice. It was almost overwhelming with the options. So luckily, we have a member, Planet, um, that develops software to house the most amazing trips. It offers a place where travelers and those that are traveling that can turn their inspiration to actual trips by connecting everyone online, being able to access relevant information from flights and activities. Users can really plan, compare, Mm -hmm. combine, and discuss the travel options in the palm of their hand, which I think is taking it, you know, that one step further, making it more streamlined so that people are able to access this and Information and aren't that there is not that paralysis uh, when see, uh, seeking through all of the different sites that you have nowadays.
1: There's been such a surge of new travel tech parks coming on the marketplace worldwide. Um, one of the things that skipped we look at though is adoption. That's always seems to be the big question. How do you get people to actually use um, the different products? Are you seeing more conversation among your partners and the different members of the Travel Tech Lab focusing on design empathy and really the importance of making a seamless user experience, user interface, so that people are actually using these and these companies can actually scale?
2: So. OK, so when we talk about actually booking, so you've been inspired, you've, you've, you've planned, you're now at the booking stage. Um, what I find really interesting um, is how so many, almost half apparently, of travellers who carry out their mobile travel research, make their final decision on mobile, but turn to another device to make the booking. And I think for a corporate, that's quite dangerous in terms of potentially losing that potential customer. Um, so the booking process has got to be seamless, um, transparent, and and have the right tools so that that user can navigate um, and understand that they're going to get what what they're looking for. And actually, one of our members, BD4Travel, they're actually helping corporates um, with, to be honest, the the often tedious and inefficient booking process. Um, So they work a lot with online travel agencies and tour operators. And what's amazing is they profile every single user um, of a digital channel. They analyze their behavior, so they genuinely understand the user. And they deliver the most relevant product and services in real time so you're getting that probability of conversion so much higher i mean obviously that's amazing for the large corporates but it's also amazing for those users because they've got a more seamless booking platform they're more likely to come back and and overall that's going to heighten their entire experience
1: amazing um can you talk about the actual user experience in destination when it comes to um experiencing some of these travel products
0: Definitely. A large number of our members are really aimed to ease that experience stage uh, when a traveler is on site or in destination. And we've seen this stage become increasingly mobile driven, with travelers often rely on online research. Social media to just kind of solve their problems when they're in, in destination. And this is especially true, particularly for millennials who list the smart ones as their most important travel item, as I said before. Um, new technologies are really easing this experience by enabling travelers to really find what to do when they're in destination. And one such uh, as one of our brilliant members, Compass app uses machine learning to personalize content based on individual preferences and relevant reviews, therefore offering a hassle-free way of truly experiencing a city or destination. Um, but we also have others uh, other members that are, you know, breaking barriers in different ways, you know, such as our um, our member City Stasher, who's a sharing economy for luggage, uh trying to solve that frustration, you know, making in-destination in-dest- in experience more enjoyable by taking out the hassle of you know carrying luggage around, connecting to travelers, uh, connecting those travelers to the local businesses via their web app who can store their luggage cheaply and securely. And so it's an alternative. Absolutely. And
2: and just Casey kind of mentioning the um, Compass and City Stasher, they're also really good examples. Um, and, and hopefully you'll you'll download them and have a play with them. But these are apps that are literally taking out the hassle of of the experience stage. And I think that really lends to the adoption because I know that I'm going to use an app if it's easy to use and if it adds value to me. And and that is an interesting discussion around whether apps are going to stay in the future or whether it's going to be more of an enhanced mobile proposition. But either way, um, it is all about, is it adding value? Is it taking um, the hassle away from it, from a pain point that you experience when you're traveling? And lastly, you know, is it is the actual interface easy to use? Is it designed well? And I think these two businesses are quite good examples of that.
1: Interesting. So this isn't just a question though of easing the visitor experience. It's also you know, this idea of augmenting the the traveler experience and bringing more of the destination um, to play here and helping the visitor experience things and explore things that they might not have. Um, could you talk a little bit about some of the different products and services that Travel Tech Lab is developing to really augment the, the visitor experience?
0: Definitely. We have one member in particular, Time Looper, who is a, th- uh, it's a thirty. 30- 360-degree virtual reality smartphone app that really lets visitors relive iconic moments from famous sites all over the world. It brings history to life. We welcomed Time Looper to our community um, back when we very first started, one of our very first members, and we saw the potential for the innovation not only to heighten the visitor experience, but also to attract an increased number of visitors to landmarks and to sites. And this was actually really uh, a very strategic um, connection that we could make with uh, London and Partners Partners um, Tower of London, which I think adds into. To the you know linking our startups and the corporates together and partners together as well because of existing relationships between London and partners in the Tower of London we understood that they were looking to increase their visitor numbers and applying augmented reality was able to really accelerate um, and increase their visitor numbers and enhance the visitor experience mm-hmm. um, but it was so mm-hmm. important and crucial to Time Looper as a, as a startup because it was able to launch them into showcasing you know that. Uh, Showcasing a a service that they were able to produce to other clients that would ultimately increase their reach across the world. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really interesting about
2: Time Looper is that entire virtual reality experience. It's really going to enhance your visit because if you go as a as a traveler or as a tourist. Um, you're in London, and you go to the Tower of London, and you get to watch the Great Fire. Um, w- when you're at the top of the tower, that's going to stay with you. That's a unique experience that you're going to likely share. You're going to inspire others to go on the same trip, um, and it might even convert you to a second-time visitor because you want to go to a different landmark and and watch, um, say, Trafalgar Square and watch the, the the Blitz, whatever it might be. And I think that's a really interesting aspect of um, time leaper.
1: I think we're going to see so much growth in that area. Um, augmented reality um, mixed reality and just being able to share so much more information um, with the visitor but speaking about sharing you know this final um, layer of the travel experience which is so pivotal of course to the destination and all the partners what's exciting you about the future of sharing and travel tech
2: absolutely i find the sharing stage really interesting like how much people share their trip during the trip, after the trip, sometimes even how they book, they will even share their experience before the trip. Um, and I think after their trip, you know, there's 45% of travellers posting travel-related content on social media and writing reviews after their trip. This has really changed um, the game, I guess, for corporates because they're going to have to be enhancing that experience the entire time to make sure that that review is positive. Um, and I think one of our members, Splorio just, is so spot on around the sharing um, trend. So they have uh, developed a fantastic app um, that lets you automatically check into your favorite places. It actually maps your route via GPS and uploads your photos so that you, at the end of your trip, you have a digital travel journal. Um, it's so amazing to see because it literally documents your journey and it doesn't mean you have to spend the time doing it yourself. But what is great about the app is that It doesn't need roaming and it doesn't use significant battery. And that is so important for travelers because so many now have mobiles on them. And it's such an important device to have that not using much of your battery is actually really important.
1: Great. Could you talk a little bit about some of the research you've done around the future of travel tech and how that's informing your own strategy?
2: So we're really excited to have Louise here as well. And and Louise is from our um, research and insights team. And that's been really fundamental in us looking to our community to understand what is the future of travel technology. And that so many publications look to the corporates with this question. But because the lab is, you know, really looks at everything through a startup lens, we see the startups and the innovators who are potentially going to lead the industry in the future as the experts. So we we went out to our community <laughs> to really ask what they thought the future of travel was and and what kind of... um. What kind of areas affecting their businesses? And that Lou's actually, you know, went out to our community and has some amazing insights, which she's actually going to be able to share now.
3: Yeah, thanks, Danielle. Um, so we spoke to 41 individuals in travel tech startups throughout London um, via our context, contacts in the travel tech lab and also the wider transport community. And there were a number of existing trends really seen as very influential. Um, but personalised travel is the one that, that by far comes out top of the list. Um, and it's all very much about travel technology facilitating really um, unique experiences that are very much crafted to suit travellers' needs and um, interests, and often in pretty creative ways, as, as we see from the lab. Then second on the list is the growing desire to travel like a local, which, as Danielle mentioned earlier, is very much something that over the past few years, within our extensive research with visitors to London, is something that's coming out kind of more and more as a key trend. People aren't necessarily interested and don't necessarily perceive themselves as tourists anymore. Um, So quite often, very much interested in seeking out kind of hidden gems, exploring local neighbourhoods um, and just having experiences that they see as more authentic and more representative of how a local might spend their leisure time. And technology is really
1: facilitating this. I think those two are really interesting when we look at personalization and local because people have been talking about traveling like a local now for over a decade. But I think when you bring in the technology piece it and how you personalize the local travel experience to align with the specific motivations of the individual end user, that's really where there's growth now. So if I'm coming to Shoreditch, that would be a quote-unquote local experience, um, maybe. But as more and more people are coming to this area, there's more and more interest for me as an individual to find specifically what I'm looking for, which, which for me might be urban redevelopment or or going to the Google um, headquarters to explore innovation where someone else might want to see all the interesting fashion or food or what have you so it's interesting how i think that's where the growth is it's not just more local experiences but more personalized local experiences that's really where the white space is
2: and what's amazing is when people think of london they might think of the shoreditch and they they might think of um, trafalgar square actually what what some of these innovations are allowing to do is really reach out to areas of london that People don't know. And that really links in with um, actually our mayor of London's um, vision around dispersal and how we showcase areas of London, which are slightly further out, that are just so beautiful and have so much to offer, but people don't know about them. And what I'm really excited about is how our technology startups are allowing people to know about them.
1: Yeah, I love that. Visitor dispersal is such an important thing now when we look at over tourism and um, I mean, there's really two aspects here. There's one where you're trying to alleviate some of the compression in the more popular tourism destinations, but at the same time, you're trying to drive economic development into some new neighborhoods. Could you just tell me what are some of those newer neighborhoods? Just examples of of emerging neighborhoods which people are only starting to discover now in London.
2: Absolutely. So um, there's a few. There's there's Richmond is part of the dispersal um, communities. There's Richmond there's Greenwich, um, there's, there's down to Croydon. Um, th- those are three that come to mind.
1: I keep hearing about Dalston. What's what's exciting about Dalston?
2: Dalston is exciting. Um, I'd say it's not an emerging area. It's, it's really been big for about six or seven years, probably. It's almost an extension of Shoreditch. And, and not to get into this whole debate, but I guess with gentrification, um, it, it's all pushing out more towards the east. So Past dolston is nearer to Clapton, which is now the new trendy area. Um, and that will just keep going further and further east. Um, so Dalston is like sort of Shoreditch about five years ago.
1: Oh, ah, okay. I need to get back to London. I'm five years behind the time. we will
2: show you round, Greg.
1: <laughs> okay. So, um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, further points from the research?
3: Yeah, sure. And so another current trend that the travel tech industry perceives to really be continuing with its influence is the mobile first approach. Um, And from a tourism perspective, designing content with ease of access from mobile devices in mind has become more and more important um, as it can really allow travellers to access content via the mobile, not just um, whilst they're on the trip, but leading up to the trip, but really continue to personalise the journey on the go as well once they're in the destination. And we developed a new London app, which sits within the lab, very much with this in mind, because our research had shown that really, travellers are demanding more mobile content and using mobile devices more and more during various aspects of the trip. So our app allows travellers to research and book various aspects of the trip from the mobile device, whether before they arrive are also on the go once they're in London. And I think um,
2: a comment that you made earlier, Greg, around um, sort of those dispersal areas and allowing... the compression of central London to be alleviated. Um, The Visit London app also dovetails into this because it's a smart city guide. um, And we're gonna be able to, when we have large scale events in London, of which we have many, um, we'll be able to signpost um, notifications to those on the app to to say where an area is gonna be really busy um, and therefore maybe suggest that they they go and try out a new area. So it's also um, kind of focused on that as well.
1: No, I love that, that idea of digital wayfinding um i think there's a lot of uh, interest in that and i think cities can benefit from that but i don't know if anyone is doing it that well but it sounds like this is a an initial first step um that we need to keep an eye on um louise can you talk a little bit about some of the research in terms of the sharing economy not just in terms of room sharing and ride sharing but where is this going in terms of other aspects of the traveler experience?
3: Yeah, sure. And the sharing economy has seen massive growth over the past few years. And you've got companies like Airbnb and Uber now who have all, almost become household names. One of our own members, Grub Club, is also very much impacting upon the travel traveller experience. And Grub Club aims to revolutionise the way we dine out. And far-travellers, food and dining, are really key drivers for city breaks. And Grub Club aims to connect chefs with unused spaces so they can run a pop-up restaurant offering private dining for an evening. And this sharing economy trend, again, very much fits in with the other trends that the travel tech and industry mentioned. The sharing economy helps facilitate personal travel and travelling like a local, while many companies following this model also use a mobile-first approach.
1: So there's, there's obviously been a lot happening. There is a lot happening, um, a lot of innovation. What I think is really cool is just how tourism and economic development and the tech community and the corporate uh, is all coming together. But what are the long-term goals? W- what are some of the, the moonshots you're looking at and maybe more down-to-earth um, strategies that you want to implement in the future? Just Can you sort of paint an overall picture of uh, what the road looks like ahead?
2: Absolutely. Um, So we're, as you can probably tell, we're really excited um, about the future of the Travel Tech Lab. We feel like we've built such a good foundation. We've got fantastic members. We've got brilliant corporate partners. Um, But we really think about about the future a lot and and,
0: um, our sort of hopes and expectations for it. Um, yeah, and you know, some of the things that we're planning on doing in the next um, year or so is to focus really on growing that global community and bringing together the travel technology startups from around the world. We want to expand our user base and expand that community so that we're really encouraged. Um, and we are the epicenter of travel tech in Europe but also across the globe. And um actually, when
2: Louise is talking about the research, um, they also found that our community thinks that one of the most important things are um, potential collaborations um, whether that be with accommodation providers or and partners themselves so we really want to build on this because we want to be able to offer exactly what our community wants. Um, we want to partner with industry leaders who are seeking ways to innovate, um, they're seeking ways to bring fresh perspective to their organisations and they're seeking ways to give back to the next generation of businesses. Um, we want to raise the profile of travel technology, we want to show that London is Open um, to support the growth of innovative technologies in the travel sector, um, travel technology sector. Um, we want to promote London as a place where you you come, whether you're a startup with an idea, or whether you're a corporate with a challenge.
1: So when I think of all the things that are happening here, this aligns with our overarching purpose at Skift in terms of how we envision the future of cities, and that's this idea of cities as platforms, as urban operating systems. Um, you know, we we think of cities, the future of cities as interdisciplinary knowledge sharing machines, if you will. But when we use that kind of language, then people start freaking out a little bit sometimes. Well, you're taking the humanity out of travel, which isn't the case at all. It's really helping humans connect with other humans. That's the whole idea. There's still a very um, you know, hands-on personal interaction kind of subject it's just technology is augmenting that ability to connect with the people you want to connect Um, but just in your words and i don't know if this aligns with your mission statement well let me stop there but just i'll just ask the end of that question Um, you know when you look at technology this idea of humanity and travel and connecting people with people is still at the forefront right it's not like technology is overshadowing how we travel
2: um so so no matter how innovative what you know the emerging technologies are that we are supporting ultimately behind those emerging technologies sits a founder and a team and that they're really just trying to um address pain points that they have But on the flip side, they understand that human interaction um, is so important when you travel because that's ultimately how your experience gets enriched. And I think that they are very mindful as they're developing their businesses to really um, get the balance right. So to allow technology to um, facilitate um, rather than take over um, that human interaction and really to bring people closer together, even if it's technology that's allowing that to happen. This show was produced by Ben Glauwe, who can be found on Twitter at visible underscore sound. Assistant editor Sarah Enlow provided additional support. To subscribe to this podcast, search for Skift on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating and a comment to help other listeners find us. Past episodes and a link to subscribe are online at podcast.skift.com. And this has been The Skift Podcast. Thanks for listening.